I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez is the Best. Today is Friday, June 23, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Just like I learned that I did not record an episode last week. I completely forgot. I thought I did. I swear, when I was thinking earlier this week, I was like, I'm, I recorded last week, right? And then I checked. It's been two weeks, man. Well, so what was I doing last week? We got a lot of catch up on. I'm so sorry. Like, I told you I would be more consistent. And I really, I thought I did. But then I, I remembered now why I did not. So, um, I had some very, uh, I had a very busy week last week, as well as this week. So let's start from last week. So I did some shoots for SM CyberZone uh, this weekend last. So SM CyberZone, of course, if you've ever been to an SM store, it's their Cyber CyberZone, like, well, duh. They, I mean, you already know what it is. They sell all the tech, all the brands and stuff there. So I got a shoot with them where we're featuring mobile phone brands. And, you know, it was it was actually really cool work. I, I didn't have to do much TBH. Like, all I had to do was do a short intro spiel and then do an extra spiel. Those are the, like, the, that was like the most, I guess, quote unquote, challenging part where I had to memorize sort of some lines. But the rest of the time we were using a teleprompter and it was just me and what they call a KOL or a key opinion leader uh, from the brand that we were featuring on, the, you know, for each episode. And we were talking about the phones. And I just got to say, man, these phones are freaking so cool. Like Honor, like Honor Philippines, like I, they're pretty new in the country apparently. But they have this one budget-ish phone. It's like less than 20K. And it's it's like a beater phone. Like they were, they made me do a drop test. It's the first time I've ever like thrown a phone or smashed a phone or just dropped a phone on purpose. And it, dude, that thing is fucking unbreakable, bro. It's got, it gives Nokia, Nokia vibes, Nokia vibes, dude. And, you know, of course, I mean, we did other brands. What else did we do? We did the uh, Oppo, Vivo, to name a few. I'm not going to, I'll tell you more about it when the actual video output comes out. But it just, man, there's so many varieties of phones out there. It just makes you wonder, like, why are there so many phones? And they can do all these crazy features and shit. So yeah, that was that's what kind of kept me busy last week, and also last Friday, I talked about it on uh, Halala show. I did the hosting for Enlex for the Enlex Paw Patrol Kitty Patrol Day, and it was in SM Marilao, and I haven't been there in a while. But you know, I I think I mean I don't want to really, you know the hosting was cool, you know, lots of kids and whatever. But I just want to say for all the freelancers out there, whether you're in hosting or or just any sort of I guess. Actually, any line of work, I would say, is this is good advice. So there's this quote that I heard on a YouTube channel from that YouTube channel I suggested on my last podcast, Charlie Cheng. And it was this, he was interviewing, I think, a college kid. I'm not sure who said it, but it's an actual quote. I thought it came from the college kid, but it's something that if I search on Google, somebody made a Tumblr post about it already. It's not about the grades you make, but the hands you shake. 
Now, of course, this doesn't really qualify for like doctors and stuff where you really need the grades to become a doctor. But for all the the people like me who were just not super studious, although I did get okay grades, just want to say I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm pretty smart. I think I like to think. Right. But it really is about the people that you know and the people that you get to know. Right. So once again, it's not about the grades you make, but the hands you shake. So here's how I got the NLEX Kitty Patrol thing. It's a really, really like interesting story to me. And also speaking of even the cyber zone. Okay. So let's start, let's start with NLEX. So uh, my contact at NLEX, cool guy. His name is Joven. Uh, he is the, um, the marketing guy for NLEX. However, he, he used to be the head of marketing for SM. I don't know if it was just SM Marilao or if he handled a certain region of SM. But I got contacted to do a hosting for SM Marilao maybe four four or five years ago, and uh, it was the their marketing team. See, her name is Abby, who now works for a different mall. Actually, ironically, but Abby contacted me to host for SM Marilao, and I did a good job for. I think I think I did two or three things for them, uh, and then so Joven left. And then he asked Abby later on, like, hey, I guess maybe this is how the conversation went in my head. Sino nga host natin? Who was our host for Blank again? He was really, you know, I liked him. Can you give me his contact number? And she gave it. She passed it along. And then he contacted me. Right? So because of that, not only did I get to work with SM Marilao, I now have a connection with NLEX. And I feel like, you know, if you're, if you, I call it PRing, right? But I, I don't. I, when I call it PRing, sometimes like you're you. I feel like there's a connotation of you're being fake and whatever. I genuinely like talking to these people, right? Some people talk to others just so that they can get a foot in the door, but they don't give a fuck about them. Like I was, you know. I think I think that I really like talking to people in general. So, you know, like we're friends on Instagram, like Joven and I, Abby and I are friends on Instagram. Abby sent me coffee during the pandemic. So that's kind of like, you know, just that's just the vibe. That's, that's that's what I'm saying. So there, because of that, because of, well, doing a good job, but also because if you are genuinely nice to people and you kind of develop a connection with them and you show interest in them, it's not just about you, right? Like I, I, I learned a lot about their marketing tactics uh, not not just through NLEX, but also through SM. And yeah, I mean, so that there's that. And then for CyberZone, now that I think about it, uh, CyberZone is run the the events company that or the events team or prod team rather that SM CyberZone outsources. Uh, the boss of that company actually worked with me on an event before CyberZone. But the thing is, I don't remember what that event was. But I guess I, I was genuinely nice to her and they liked me or she liked me. So to the to the boss of that company, see Mrs. Zara, uh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity because she was the one who suggested me to do the voiceovers for CyberZone. And I don't even remember what our first project was together. It could have been a debut, it could have been another, you know, another product launch or something. But yeah, I mean and then I and then now when people ask me, like, how do you get work? A lot of the time, it's return clients, man. It's 80% or so are people that I've worked with before, people that I've hosted with before, or yunyat, people that have recommended me to others because I worked with them before. And it just feels good, man. And so I guess that's my advice to everyone out there. 
opportunities are there. You just kind of have to talk to people. And I was never, you know, I never really understood that until I came into this world, not this world, but in this, I guess this world of freelancing. Because when I was in college, I thought it was really about your diploma and your credentials. I mean, credentials meaning like your job experience. Of course, that's connections as well. But I thought I would be living on the laurels of I worked here for four years. Here's my diploma in this. Here's my certification in this. And that's all great. I don't want to knock that at all. But I really think if you're going to like if you're getting a certification or if you're getting a diploma, really get to know the other the people with you, you know. Don't just focus on you, I would say, right? Does that make sense? Or am I just talking to the void here? Just, I mean, even RX, right? When I got hired at the radio station, I got hired at the radio station because I became good friends with one of my acting workshop workmates who randomly sent me a Facebook, well, not really randomly, but I guess because she knew, she got to know who I was and knew like maybe how I talked or the what I wanted to pursue. She thought of me when she sent me the audition link. I mean, had I not developed that connection, I probably would have never got into radio and I probably never would have, I wouldn't be in this position where I am right now. So it just makes you think, man, you know, it's like that. Um, maybe it's like a, it's a mix between butterfly effect without the crazy shit that goes on in that movie, but it's a butterfly effect and also just. You know those things like in – you ever watch The Curious Case of Benjamin Button? And there's that one scene where it shows like two timelines. And I think it's just one little change in the timeline fucked up Kate Blanchett's character. It was like a coin rolling or I don't remember. It was like a ball rolling across the street. And if the ball had not rolled across the street, like Kate Blanchett would have not been like injured or something like that. I don't know. I forgot the scene. It's, I've only watched that movie once because it's fucking long. But yeah. Speaking of movies, now let's move on to the meat of the podcast. I talked about it on Hala Hala, but let's let's do a deep dive, okay? Uh, and also, as requested by my loyal podcast listener through Instagram, Jotham. Uh, Jotham says, please talk about Extraction 2. All right, so Extraction 2, I touched upon it. Just touched upon it because Rika G doesn't really watch those movies. So, you know, I don't want to geek out and Rika G's just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, oh, oh, oh. Um, Extraction 2 is is the best. I I would even say it was the most entertaining action movie of the year. Shit, hot take, right? I know I, I, I raved about John Wick. I've seen John Wick three times now, John Wick 4 three times but man you know i feel like extraction 2 was just at least i think it's on the same level it's it's par it's on par like i don't think one is better than the other because each movie gives you a thrill like it it, it hits the the g spot of your action clitoris right like i feel like if you're an action fan you just love seeing good choreography those movies will hit the spot. I mean, there's iconic scenes in both, right? So, you know, minor, I mean, spoilers now, I guess, for John Wick and Extraction 2. For me, Extraction 2, everyone is raving about the one-shot scene from the prison all the way to the train. And that was really good. But for me, the fight in wherever that, like, city skyscraper shit was in was so cool to me. Like, so cool, bro. Um... 
like the the leg press if you know what i'm talking about like the gym fight scene is there are some john wick-esque kills you know how john wick is very creative and using the environment around him tyler rake he has this scene where he has the foresight to like jump out a window shoot the glass below him because he needs like a, a place to hand hold his hand like to grasp his hand so that he can rescue his friend it's so like i've never really seen that in a movie at least as far back as I can remember in all the action movies I've seen, I've never seen a character think on his feet on that level of, I gotta shoot this glass because if I don't, I won't have anything to grasp onto. Like, I was so, I was that, I was so amazed at the, the foresight of the writers of the movie to include that. I thought it was a really cool touch. The only, um, I guess the only, thing that i would have a complaint about because you know there's that you know how much i fucking hate kids in movies most of the time and i get that this the the annoying kid is in this movie you you already know who he is he's a but he's a plot device right he's the reason why there's a there's there's action so i get it but the really for me the main complaint is the last scene the last fight i guess in a sense because i felt like after they give you two extended action sequences from the one-shot action sequence and then the one in the main city. They kind of just, I guess, they didn't really... It wasn't a bad action sequence to say, I mean, so to speak, but it was very underwhelming given what you'd already seen. In any other movie, it would have been probably the best action scene in that action movie. But in this case, they gave you, like, it's like they, it's like they were, you know... They pumped hard, right, <laughs> for the first two, and then they just kind of, uh, you know, they finished on a whimper. So I guess that's my only kind of main complaint. But, and I guess this is a major spoiler, so if you really have made it this far, I mean, I've already kind of spoiled you stuff. They have opened it up for a sequel, all right? It's like a multiverse. Everybody loves fucking, not multiverse, uh, universe. Everybody loves, you know, movie universes nowadays, and I'm all for it, man. I will never complain about more movies from a, a series that I like. You know, people are, I, I feel like there's people out there that have universe, movie universe, uh, what do you call it? Exhaustion? I don't know the term. Like they're, they're tired of it. They're tired of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, we're rebooting the DC Universe. Oh, there's a monster movie universe now. Like, why are we doing this? There's the, and here's a major spoiler. Don't listen if you haven't watched Transformers. I'm giving you three seconds to skip maybe 10 seconds. There's going to be a Transformers and G.I. Joe Hasbro universe, bro. I'm serious. So I want more, man. Give me. Give me that. So, yeah, please watch Extraction 2. Chris Hemsworth really carries the film. And I also like that there is some depth to his character. You know, John Wick, as much as I love that franchise, the first movie, maybe the first two are the only ones that kind of give Keanu Reeves something to work with. Because in 3 and 4, he's just fucking everybody up. And he doesn't give a fuck about, like, there's, they, I mean, not he. The, the writers don't give a fuck about character development anymore. One, especially one, where, you know, where he rages. My favorite scene, it probably, in the John Wick franchise, is when he's in the chair and he says... Everybody's been asking me if I'm back. I'm guessing I'm back. You know what I'm talking about, right? When he get, gets captured by Vigo. Dude, that scene, I kept 
saying that line over and over again for maybe a few months to my cousin Kuya Jed. And I was like, he's like, he got so annoyed because I kept saying it because it was so badass. But think of any iconic lines from John Wick in three and four. You, there's not really many. In fact, that's why I thought Donnie Yen stole the show in John Wick 4 because they gave him some depth, you know, about his daughter, his, you know, his, uh, I guess he was, you know, he was reluctant to kill his Japanese samurai friend. Um, yeah, I mean, and especially during the duel, you really, you were like, at some point I was like, fuck, I don't want either, I don't want either of them to die. So, and it makes you want to see more of him. So that's why I think that by giving Chris Hemsworth more emotional depth in this one, and because in the first one, you kind of see it. This one, they really brought it home because, you know, if you watch the movie, you'll understand why. So, yeah, really good. And it and I did, I talked about it on Instagram, uh, but I remember a few episodes, maybe a few months ago, I discussed the like the battle royale between I think it was eight characters. It was John Wick, Tyler Rake, Jason Bourne, et cetera, et cetera. And I had Rake like I wasn't fully convinced on Rake, but I think he would be number two right now high key and if it was a fist fight like if it was no guns involved i think he would actually beat john wick if it was john wick from john wick 4 because he's old now right i mean no if it was well i know in the scene in the in the chronology of the movie uh chronology chronology is that right in the timeline of the john wick franchise it's only been what three years but dude you can really see keanu is getting old in john wick 4 even though he's still badass it's not he doesn't move the same Right. So and he's been fucked up by right, through three movies. So if you give Tyler Rake John Wick four John Wick, he'd probably win in a fist fight in a like hand to hand combat, I think. So, yeah. Uh, anything else? Black Mirror. Like, you want you guys want to do a deep dive into Black Mirror? Or should I say that for next week? Once you guys have all watched it? it's been what a week now since it's come out. I've watched all five episodes. Ah, uh, fuck. Should I do it this week? Now, you know what? I'll save it for next week because I want everyone out here to understand. I want to spoil it because there's so much I want to talk about. So I'll do Black Mirror next week. And then I'll I'll use this as a call to action for you to go watch season six. Except for Maisie Day. I fucking hate that episode. But, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the show, you're probably going to watch it anyway. But if, I don't know. Do you guys like to end on a high or or start on a high? Because if you're going to watch Black Mirror season six, I would start with the shittiest one and then progressively get better i feel like because i want to end on a high but i can understand why some people would think the opposite okay now let's talk about the submarine okay so we talked about it on halala show and this was during the last few hours of their search because the oxygen was running out well uh what we didn't talk about in halalo because it you know uh it happened actually just today is that they actually found debris from what they're saying is the submersible. And it's in line with, like, you know, what they expected the debris to look like. So, in short, they didn't make it, man. And, you know, I feel for, you know, rest in peace, whatever kind of religious thing, you know, God rest their souls, whatever, whatever. But, man, fuck, man, that sucks. Dude. And, uh, you know, these people are well off. You know, they've made it in life. They probably don't have to take any risks in their life. And I don't want to victim blame or anything. I'm just saying these are people that have generational money. Well, at least one of them, the billionaire guy, right? And 
you literally can sit cozy with armed security guards, whatever. And I mean, not that you even need that. I didn't even know who this guy was. So I don't think his life is at risk most of the time. So to put yourself, and then this is just in general, right? I don't want to talk about specific passengers, especially since people just died. But if it was me and I had a billion dollars and someone said, hey, do you want to take this? And have you seen that fucking submarine? Submersible? It looks fucking small. It looks cramped in there. So if they said, JC, do you want to spend $250,000 to go into the depths of the ocean where where literally no human life can be sustained? I would say, fuck you. And I would block you on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude. It just did not, and just reading all this, you know, because I've kind of been fascinated with, well, not just the search, but just the callousness of this whole thing, how it was handled in terms of the machinery that they used, the remote control. We talked about that on Halala Show. But even hearing stories from people that have ridden this ocean, whatever, dive tour thing that, that you know, this company said that. It wasn't a good experience. Like some people who did it in the past, who made it out alive, said like it didn't feel like safe. Right? So I don't know, man. Did these billionaires not do their due diligence? At that level of wealth, you could probably build your own thing for better. If you really want to go down there, like I would, I would not trust anything not built by my hand-picked engineers at that point. God, man. Like, and what, what is the, like, I know I talked about the appeal on Hala Hala Show in terms of if you're at that level of wealth, you've probably accomplished everything on land. So you, the thrill of doing, you know, crazy jumping out of the airplane, climbing the highest mountain, it's gone. So you want to explore the depths of the sea. But why, man? You know, at least when you're jumping out of plane, you've breathing oxygen that, you know, you see the, trees and shit what do you see when you're down there yeah cool the wreck of the titanic but it's fucking water bro and it's probably not even that clear i don't know what they're looking or what they plan to look or peer out of whether it's a periscope or just a window you're seeing rusty metal on the bottom of the floor right and i don't know man i just i feel like it was a waste of life you know like it felt like sayang like, why did you have to go down there and risk your lives? Because there could be what? I think it was how many people? Eight? Eight people dead now? Eight people who didn't need to die because they ventured into the fucking abyss. Right? What do we hope to find down there besides the wreckage? Like, you know, not just, I'm not talking about the submersible now. I'm talking about in general. When we dive deep into the ocean, like we're trying to map the ocean floor. I know that there are oceanographers or whatever you call them that are trying to map the ocean floor. So what? If we map the ocean floor, what the fuck are we going to do with that information? Unless you're trying to find Atlantis, right? Which probably maybe could be real, man. I don't know. But even if you could map the entire ocean on a, you know, on some sort of device or some sort of, I don't know, like a map, if you could map it, so what? What the fuck are we going to do down there? What do you want to do down there? I mean, honestly, I'm thinking, I'm thinking out loud. What do you want to do? Do you want to move people down there? Do you want to build those, you know, avatar like, not avatar. Um, what's that movie? Star Wars episode one, the Gungans, Jar Jar Binks. Don't they live underwater in these, you know, these like, um, little bulbous looking 
domes? Like, that's what you want to do? Yeah, I get if you're trying to dig for oil and resources. Don't we have enough resources in the world? I feel like we do. It's just we fuck up the world. That's why. That's why we need more. There's a drive for more because we, we, we drive our cars and we love our iPhones. So we're fucking up the earth. But we, I think we have more than enough on what we've already discovered. Right? Do we need more seawater? No. Like, I, I'm just trying to justify in my head. What is the, what, even if we were to discover the, you know, the sea floor and what was down there, what good does that do for us? I love the sushi we have already. Right? I don't need to have Megalodon, uh, what's the, you know, I don't need to have Megalodon, uh, sashimi. Right? I don't need that. I'm happy with my salmon and toro maki. So it's just, it's so baffling to me that there's so much resources, so many resources being funneled into sea exploration. Right? I understand maritime like travel, like, you know, cruises. I get there's an appeal for it. I get that it makes money. I get that it's an appeal to people. I would, I think I would never get on a cruise. I, I honestly don't think I would. It just, it just, even like, you know, I've gotten on boats. Yeah. And mo- most of it is much to my chagrin, right? Like if I go to, that's why I don't really like going to Palawan. You know, look at how spoiled that sounds. I hate going on vacation to Palawan. I just, I, I, I choose not to like, I've, I've been there and usually it's at my, not my own expense because to do the cool shit in Palawan, you have to take a boat, right? And, and like a small boat. So I don't know. I just, that's why I guess if I was going to pick a beach destination, you guys know how much I don't like the beach. Baraka is cool. Although you do have to take a boat to get to the main place. But once you get there, you can do all the shit, like all the fun stuff. Without getting on a boat. Like, you could just sit on... You don't have to take a boat to get to a nice beach, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, big, uh, you know, rest in peace to the, the ones who's, who died in the in the submarine. Uh, and I don't think I... Did I even mention how it, how they said... Like, they said it apparently it exploded. Like, it, I think they impacted or hit something and it blew up. Which, in in, you know, when you think about it, it was probably the better way to go. I know that sounds dark, but at if they were down deep... As soon as that submarine, you know, gave way to opening up to the depths of the water, like the pressure alone would kill you almost instantly, I would think. If the, you know, the the crash itself didn't kill them on impact. I feel like it was a more quick death than running out of air while you're just thinking about your life. Like, what the fuck did I do? Right? Like, why did I come down here? Because I feel like that would be more torturous to me. Like, for me, I would rather that, you know, I'm going down there, I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to see this Titanic thing, and then boom, lights out. Versus, you're down there, and then you start getting, you know, you you know, like, oh, the captain or whatever, right, using the fucking Xbox controller or whatever controller they use says, uh, yeah, our shit's fucked up. Uh, we're not gonna have enough food and water, and it's gonna be fucking cold in here, and we're gonna ha- try to see and wait for people. Like, I feel like the waiting alone would be torturous, it would it would leave you with thoughts like negative thoughts before your death, and especially if you're a big believer in like the afterlife and stuff, you would be praying to your God. Like I don't know, it just feels like I'm not glad it happened, but I'm glad that that's the way that they went. Does that make sense? Is that bad to say? I'm just hoping it was peaceful 
or at least quick. I'm just hoping it was quick. That's all I would ever hope for for anyone that doesn't deserve to die who dies. Like, it's a quick death. The worst to me are like, you know, like slow deaths. Fuck, man. I can only imagine, dude. Fuck. So rest in peace, man. And also the a little side topic here. So the billionaire, uh, you know, in true, uh, I guess, stereotypical fashion has a spoiled bratty stepson who apparently went to like a a concert, a Limp Biscuit con. I don't know, like some concert during like while his father step or I guess his stepdad, the billionaire on the on the submarine was being searched for. And Cardi B apparently called him out. And apparently this guy is super problematic and whatever. You know, as you would expect from somebody with, I don't know if he, how much money he gets if he, you know, if he's the stepkid. I'm sure he has like millions just cause he's a fucking, you know, based off of the law, he's a son, right? So I don't, I don't know. I just, I just thought that was kind of a weird side story of this whole thing. Go look it up. Cardi B submarine would probably bring it up. I don't know the guy's name. He looks like a fucking tool. Just, you know, I don't know. All right, let's move on, man. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, I saw this cool article. I took a screenshot of it. I didn't do any research, just like I always do. I never do. But there's a there's a DJ in the States uh, from a station called Live 95.5. And they're on Twitter at Live 955. And here's the tweet. We made history as the world's first radio station with an AI DJ. Excuse me. Our midday host, Ashley, has become AI Ashley. We can't wait for you to meet Ashley, the world's first artificially intelligent DJ. As to the intelligence of our other DJs, we'll save that for another post. Like, that was a little humorous touch at the end. And if you play the video there, it shows their AI, I don't know, algorithm or whatever. That, and it sounds like her. And, and, the, and so there's a caller on the phone, and AI Ashley is answering and replying back to her. Using the voice of the actual Ashley. And it's funny, isn't Ashley the name of the Black Mirror, Miley Cyrus? And anyway, um, so kind of, kind of a little, I don't know if that's her real name, but if they named it after the Black Mirror thing, that, that would be pretty interesting. But yeah, but if you listen back to it also, you can also see the flaws, just like AI, you know, AI is not perfect. Um, but if you see, if you listen to it, at, at some point you're like, that is, that could be a real human. Now, there's not really that much emotion, like the inflections in the AI Ashley's voice. It, you can tell that after a while of listening, you're like, this feels like a bot. But the fact that it sounds like the actual person, to me, is game-changing. You know, I, I've talked about my obsession with see, hearing all these AI musician covers, like Kanye West singing, Oh my, oh my God, <laughs> New Jeans. And it sounds like the artist at, you know, there are certain parts of the song where you're like, that could have actually been Kanye spitting that line. And I don't know. I've, I've also talked about my fear about it. Based on this, you know, I'm not afraid of losing my job as a voiceover. No, it's not my job, but, you know, my sideline as a voiceover artist yet. But down the line, man, it's going to happen. So somehow, I think the next step, for not just for me, but for everyone out there who is in the the realm of AI, whether it be art, design, marketing, actually all aspects, all all facets of life, even I think AI is going to be huge in the medical field, is you have to upskill. You have to keep up with it. How I'm going to do that in my line of work, I'm going to have to still figure that out. But there's already, for all the artists out there, 
all the all the digital marketing people there you have to learn how to basically suck off chat gpt to get it to do what you want because if you know all the right prompts if especially for art if you know how to use like the new what is it like firefly and the other shit that there i don't know what else is out there but they can now do what used to take you know maybe long you know a lot of time or even hours or days of work it can they can compress it ai can compress it so if you are the person that knows how to compress it you are still hireable right you are still you are going to keep your skills obviously but then you now have a new skill where you know how to make it work cuz ai is tough to use right now and i i, I don't think it's going to get any easier for the everyday person, obviously, there's the AI techies out there that just know fucking everything. But if you go around, at least here in the Philippines, for example, if you go around, you ask people if they know how to do something with AI, most of them will say probably no. So you give yourself a leg up if you do that. What I want to do is create an AI version of myself for my voiceovers. <laughs> my freaking voiceovers that like my crappy voiceovers that what I tell you guys about where I just do them for really cheap, but they gave me a lot. And I wanted to just do it for me because literally it, I don't think they check the quality of the work. And I know that's a bad thing in terms of as a professional, you always want to do your best job. But these people, like they give me shitty AI generated scripts. I feel like it's only right that I give them AI generated voice outputs. <laughs> you know, I just don't know how I can, I don't know how AI Ashley and this radio station, I don't know how they did it. And also, do you have to copyright your voice, like intellectual property, whatever laws there are? It just makes you wonder, right? So yeah, that's the uh, that's the podcast for today. I'm so sorry I didn't record last week. I completely like forgot. Next week, by the way, I might have to record on a Friday. Oh, well, actually, let's see, uh, because I have more pending work next week, and also I get I got uh, a con- a confirmed uh, job next week as well. So pending, I have a bunch of hostings that are still tentative. I, at this point, if they haven't contacted me within the week of the date, I probably just I let it go. I just probably like, nah, I didn't get it. But I got one and I don't think I could tell people about it yet, but it is a different. It's like it's unique. It's something that I haven't really done in a while, I would say. It's not a sex book, by the way. Do <laughs> You guys know that if you're new to this podcast, uh, just look back on it. I don't know. Scroll down somewhere. I don't know the title of the episode, unfortunately. But look for the episode where I talked about doing a sex audiobook. Man, what a time in my life, man. That was pandemic era and it was it was good money. It was good money. You guys want to know how much I made for that? I mean, it was a lot it was a, a good amount of work as well, but it, for 2 weeks of work, I made like 80 80,000 pesos. Not bad. I mean, for Philippine standards. Right? 80k, man, for, for fucking, ooh, Dakota, I love your big long, you know? So, I can't complain. Anyway, that's the podcast for today. Oh, real quick. And because of that, the reason why I thought about that sex book thing also is because it's of the hands you shake. I, through that sex book, I got this gig. It's a long story. I'll tell you about it another time, but it really is about the people you know about. And that's it. That is the podcast for real this time. Uh, I'll catch you all. Oh, no. Follow me on all my socials. Uh, listen to the latest Halala show. We have a new sponsor. Shout out to GoTime Bank, man. Thank you so much for giving us, you know, uh, this opportunity. 
And that is it. I'll see you all. Say it with me later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.